0: gathered in love and service for justice and peace. I put a lot of stock in certainty. I love knowing. But knowing crowds out not knowing, and there's a lot more possibility and energy in not knowing. Zen master Shunryu Suzuki famously opened his classic Zen mind, beginner's mind with the words, in the beginner's mind there are many possibilities, in the expert's mind there are few. Unitarian Universalism is all about uncertainty and not knowing. We love to say revelation is not sealed. We love to say it, but we forget to mean it. (laughs) Uncertainty, not knowing, and worst of all, confusion are not easy companions, but they may well lead to our salvation. Philosopher and East German dissident Rudolf Barrow said, when the forms of an old culture are dying, the new culture is created by a few people who are not afraid to be insecure. This morning's reflection is on a spirituality of uncertainty, which is actually just a more palatable way of saying a spirituality of confusion. Organizational consultant Margaret J. Wheatley writes, In this society, value is placed on sounding assured and confident. People are rewarded for stating opinions as if they're facts. Quick answers abound. Pensive questions have disappeared from most quarters. As life continues to speed up, adding to our confusion, we don't have time to be uncertain. We don't have time to listen to anyone who expresses a new or different position. Often we listen to others just long enough to determine whether or not we agree with them. We rush from opinion to opinion, listening for those tidbits and soundbites that confirm our position. Meg Wheatley concludes, We can't continue on this path if we want to find approaches and solutions to the problems that plague us. In this increasingly complex world, it's impossible to see what's going on. The only way to see more of the complexity is to ask many others for their perspectives, and experiences. Yet if we open ourselves to their differing perceptions, then we will find ourselves inhabiting the uncomfortable space of not knowing. It's counterintuitive, I know, but not knowing is an antidote. Confusion, as a high order value, has the power to create an opening where there wasn't even a crack. When we engage a spiritual practice of uncertainty, everything is fair game for reconsideration. A spiritual practice of confusion means we risk the positions, beliefs, and explanations that define us and lie at the core of our personal identity. It's very difficult to give up certainty. Certainty is a lens to interpret what's going on, and as long as our explanations work, we feel a sense of stability and security. But the world is always changing, and in a changing world, certainty does not give stability. It actually creates more chaos. A woman named Sherry wrote this in a letter to medical intuitive Caroline Mace. While volunteering at a local hospital, I found out a baby had been brought into the emergency room not breathing. I immediately thought, SIDS. Since in 1988, my baby died of it at three months old. I went to see if I could offer support to the parents. The mother was outside with her father-in-law wailing. She was fine when I put her down. How can she be dead? I slowly walked over to them, excused my barging in at such a time, and offered her a piece of paper with my name and phone number, explaining that I'd lost a baby to SIDS and if she needed help or support, she could call me. She reached out and hugged me and we both cried. That day I acted on my gut instinct to approach this grieving mother. The director of social services for the hospital saw this transpire and became so angry with me that she told the director of volunteers to fire me, even though I was a volunteer. She told me that I had no business interfering in people's grief because I was not trained in grief counseling. I told her that I had had a child die of SIDS and that made me an expert on the subject. Adding that no amount of study could ever prepare you for what to do in such a situation like having to live through it. I had had to get outside myself and overcome my fear of meddling in other people's lives to find the courage to approach that grieving mother. Then I needed to undo the social service director's narrow idea of who could help. I'm not that kind of person, but I know what I did was right. That mother and I became good friends. When our world tilts on its axis, it's time to embrace what Zen Buddhists call, don't know mind. To embrace the uncertainty and dig deep to access our best instincts. When we are willing to loosen our grip on what we think we know about everything, including ourselves, all kinds of room is created for something new to emerge. The spiritual practice of confusion may mean risking giving up being in control or our illusion of being in control and letting life unfold without us unfolding it. Some of you have heard that recently Cam and I had the spiritual adventure of buying a used car. Kem did all the research on the web and found a dealer that had just what we wanted. She called him and then texted me, I think I've found our car. The salesman is a holy roller, so I had to tell him my wife, the minister, was in New Orleans, and we'd have to consult. Call when you can. When Kem met James, the salesman, he was wearing a necktie covered in crosses and proceeded to sprinkle his sales pitch with intimations of salvation and praise for Jesus. We can only imagine what he made of the idea of working with us. For my part, I will confess to you that not relishing the process of interacting with a used car salesman was immediately downgraded to dreading, but James was excited to meet the minister. And within the first five minutes of our meeting, he shared the confessional tale of the alcoholism that had ravaged his life, causing him to lose almost everything precious to him. Somehow he had made his way to AA, the miracle. And now his life was a witness to the power of that miracle. I got it. It all made sense. James had literally been saved. And sometime during that conversation, a funny thing happened for Kim and me. James became a person. He wasn't just a raving religious fanatic any more than I'm a raving religious fanatic. He was just James. Broken, humbled, hopeful. I don't believe for a minute that his intimate engagement with us was in any way contrived or based solely on the fact that he works on commission. His enthusiasm and desire to please were genuine. There was not one shred of judgment in his interactions with us. He doesn't forget where he's been. And somewhere along the way, he figured out that humility and an open heart had the power to save him, and save us all, one soul at a time. By the time we returned to pick up the van, James greeted us with open arms. When the deal was sealed, he took our picture in front of the car and is making us a 2011 calendar with that photo and a Bible verse on it. I'll bring it some other time. Ken asked to speak to his manager so that we could tell him just how truly spectacular it had been to work with James. Life-changing, actually. Our spiritual adventure of buying a used car turned out to be an exercise in abandoning all preconceived notions of men in neckties with crosses. (laughs) Whatever we thought we knew had nothing to do with James, the man. He texted me, Praise Jah, you are both beautiful, thank you so much. Confusion as a high order value. Bless your heart, James. Meg Wheatley writes, we have the opportunity many times a day, every day, to be the one who listens to others, curious rather than certain. And the greatest benefit that comes to those who listen is that we develop closer relationships with those we thought we couldn't understand. When we listen with less judgment, we always develop better relationships with each other. It is not our differences that divide us. It's our judgments that divide us. Curiosity and good listening bring us back together. I think about how some of us love surprises, but how just underneath that is a deep attachment to predictability. But really, even when life felt predictable, was it ever really predictable? Do we ever really know what's coming next? We can dream and plan all well and good, and we can only do the next thing before us. At best, the next best thing. Several years ago, communication skills trainer Sandra Boston gave a wonderful workshop here at Arlington Street on conflict resolution. When someone says something to us that is inappropriate, confrontational, rude, unkind, or otherwise upsetting, and everything that we might want to say in response is only going to turn up the heat, we can make a different choice. Sandra Bosson suggests that we just say, oh. (laughs) Just say, oh. This can really come in handy. I highly recommend it. On Friday night, Olivia, close your ears. On Friday night, when I was on duty at the high school where we live, my job was to roam the campus, check on students, and intervene in any inappropriate behavior I might discover in secluded places, such as the practice rooms in the basement of the Performing Arts Center or the balcony of the chapel. You can well imagine. With a Suddenly, surprisingly, fresh memory of my own high school years, I decided that if I came upon some untoward scene, I'd just say, Oh. (laughs) Our friend Mark, who's raised four boys, works security, and has seen just about everything, also has a great opener for these situations. I'm going to turn around now, he tells them, and when I turn back, I want to see something very different. So much good can come from a spacious opening. I thank our own Doug Fierro for pointing me to James Carroll's column in Monday's Globe, which closed with these words. Wherever one looks, there are collapsed structures of meaning. Moral categories crumble. The human race is at sea, cut loose from all moorings. Yet, this condition can mark the end of hubris. Indeed, this condition, Genesis called it, darkness upon the face of the deep, is the one in which real religion has its start. My spiritual companions, there's a lot of possibility and energy in not knowing. Let's engage a spiritual practice of don't-know-mind. Try to embrace our uncertainty and confusion as high-order values. Let's see what happens when we are curious rather than certain. When we listen deeply and step outside the lines with an open heart. Just say, oh, thankfully, revelation is not sealed. Amen.